Welcome to God at Work, Stories of Grace and Faith. I'm your host, Chuck Groover, and, well, new year, new season, and this is the first episode of Season 4, in which, this year I'll spend time looking at pretty much some of the prominent figures in church history, mainly from about the 17th through 20th centuries. As I ended Season 3 with a look at Charles Wesley, I figured I would start out this season by looking at his more famous uh, brother, John Wesley. Let me just state now that this will be pretty much a multi-part uh, series, as while I was doing the research on John Wesley, as I got into his later years, pretty much when the Methodist Church started to really take off. His life and the pretty much the founding of the Methodist Church in that time frame are so deeply entrenched and entwined together that I'm probably going to get a whole other episode just on that. So this episode is pretty much looking mainly at Wesley's early life. John Wesley was born on June 28, 1703, in Epworth, which is about 23 miles northwest of Lincoln, and was the 15th, and he was the 15th out of 19 children that Samuel and Susanna Wesley had, only nine of which survived past infancy. Wesley's parents gave their children their early education where they were taught to read as soon as they could pretty much walk and talk. They were expected to become proficient in Latin and Greek and have basically major portions of the New Testament learned by heart. A practice that sadly many of us today don't really take into account is the memorization of scripture. In February of 1709, we have the famous story of where there was a rectory fire, which left actually an impression on a five-year-old Wesley, where at some time after 11 p.m. on the 9th of February, the rectory roof caught fire, which was where the Wesleys were living. Uh, the Wesleys were roused from their slumber by calls of fire, and all of them managed to escape the house, except for John, who was left stranded on the upper floor. It was through the intervention of some of the parishioners that he was lifted out of a window. Uh, John would often use the term, a brand plucked out of the fire, quoting Zechariah 3.2 as a way to describe this event. In 1714, at the age of 11, John was sent to a Charterhouse School in London, where he lived the studious, methodical, and religious life in which he was trained at home. Then in 1720, Wesley entered Christ Church, Oxford, where he graduated four years later and was ordained a deacon on the 25th of September, 
which were basically holy orders being necessary a necessary step towards becoming a fellow and a tutor at the university. It was at this time that John took an interest in mysticism as well as read Thomas A. Kempis and Jeremy Taylor. He also began to seek the religious truths that underlie the great revival of the 18th century. After reading William Law's Christian Perfection and a serious call to a devout and holy life, John actually took a sublime view of the law of God, believing that in obedience he would find salvation. In March of 1726, Wesley was elected a fellow of Lincoln College, Oxford. Uh, he also continued his studies while teaching Greek, lectured on the New Testament, and moderated uh, disputations. However, it was a call to ministry in 1727 which intruded on his academic career. He returned to Oxford in November of 1729 at the request of the rector of Lincoln College and to maintain his status as a junior fellow. Uh, it was during this absence that his younger brother Charles actually started the Holy Club of which John eventually became the leader upon his return. In October 14th of 1735 John and his brother Charles set sail for Savannah at the request of James Oglethorpe he wanted Wesley to be the minister of the newly formed Savannah Parish, and it was on this journey that the Wesleys became acquainted with the Moravian settlers, of which the deeply personal religion that they practice was a heavy influence on Wesley's theology of Methodism. He arrived in the colony in February of 1736 with the hopes to revive primitive Christianity as well as to evangelize the Native Americans. Although a shortage of clergy limited his ministry to the European settlers, his high church ministry was controversial among the colonists and actually ended in disappointment after some legal difficulties and in December of 1737, John eventually fled back to England. Uh, depressed and beaten, it was at this point John actually turned to the Moravians, and it was at a Moravian meeting in Aldersgate Street on May 24th, 1738, that John had what has become known as the Aldersgate Experience which revolutionized the character and method of his ministry, of which John actually stated this. In the evening I went to, I went very unwillingly to a society in Aldersgate Street, where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans. About a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart, through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation, and an assurance was given me 
that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. A few weeks later, he preached a sermon on the doctrine of personal salvation by faith, followed by one on God's grace. Wesley allied himself with the Moravian Society in Fetter Lane, and even went to the Moravian headquarters in Germany to study. After his return to England, he met with other religious societies in London, but he did not preach often in 1738 due to many parish churches being closed to him. It was then at the insistence of his friend George Whitfield in 1739 that Wesley first attempted open-air preaching, and at first hesitant about this method of preaching, he once he recognized the success of reaching those less likely to enter into a church, he took opportunities to teach wherever an assembly could gather. Wesley continued this way for about 50 years, preaching in churches when invited and preaching wherever he could, he could when churches would not receive him. Uh, in 1739, Wesley broke with the Moravians after he believed that they had fallen into heresy. And then from 1739 onwards, Wesley and other Methodists were actually persecuted for various reasons. As I said, I'll pretty much for today leave it here and pick up from here as Wesley, again, Wesley's life and the development of the Methodist Church are so closely related at from this point on that it's pretty much a whole episode in a, in and of itself so again this is Chuck Groover on John Wesley's early life and that's God at work God at work stories of grace and faith is brought to you by becoming God's man ministries and is written and produced by Charles Groover if you have any questions, comments, or stories of how God has worked in your life that you would like to share, you can contact us at stories at godatworkpodcast.com or by leaving a voicemail or texting 727-315-0830. If you would like to support God at Work or Becoming God's Man Ministries, you can find out how by going to either godatworkpodcast.com or becominggodsman.com. Opening theme is Fine Line and closing theme is Airline, both by Geographer and obtained from the YouTube Audio Library. And as always, thank you for listening.